This week, the UK media has been full of Prime Minister David Cameron's preliminary revelations on a new negotiated deal he is seeking to make with Europe. During this week's Bible in the News, we again review recent events relating to Britain and Europe in the light of Bible prophecy. This is Matt Davies joining you. On Tuesday this week, a draft agreement was released of David Cameron's proposed reforms. The two key areas of the deal are around fresh EU immigrants claiming benefits as soon as they arrive in the UK and the UK having the right to use a red card to block unwanted EU laws. David Cameron has stated he is, quote, happy to be judged, unquote, on his EU reform deal and has publicly stated that he believes it will be enough to satisfy the concerns of the public and allow the UK to remain part of the EU. However, the proposed reforms are not fully in place, with David Cameron being set to meet key European Union figures over the next few weeks to seek them to back the deal aimed at keeping Britain in the EU. Once this is achieved, if indeed it is, the deal will then be put to the UK public to vote on whether to stay in the EU under the terms of the new deal or to leave it. However, the draft deal has not gone down too well both at home in the UK or among the European leaders. This is how Nigel Farage of the UK Independence Party responded to the deal in a speech in the European Parliament in Strasbourg on February the 2nd. Uh, well, it wasn't supposed to be like this, was it? Because Mr Cameron's renegotiation began with really big intentions. Treaty change. He was going to question... Um, blue cards going up already. This is going to be fun. He was going to control the free movement of people. He was going to achieve a fundamental change, not just in Britain's relationship with the European Union, but reform the EU itself. And what we got was a letter from Mr Tusk, in which there's no treaty change. No powers returned to the United Kingdom and no control over our borders at all. In fact, it was hardly worth the wait. It's really rather pathetic. But there is, of course, one more chance for the Prime Minister because he goes to the European summit in a couple of weeks' time and, like Oliver Twist, he will parade in front of the other leaders and say, please, can we have some more concessions? I find it rather humiliating that a British Prime Minister has to do this, but I'm certain of one thing, he won't get another thing. Because just look at the substance of this. We have an emergency break on migrant benefits. Wow! It was supposed to be a total ban on migrant benefits for up to four years. So it is hardly an emergency break. It's more of a handbrake turn. And the Prime Minister is saying we've got a red card. Isn't that wonderful? Well, what that means is if a majority of parliaments in the European Union can say to Mr Juncker... They don't want one of his directives. Is that a cause for celebration? I mean, if 15 parliaments couldn't stop a piece of law, we'd be living in a communist dictatorship. And, and, and what I've gone through here are the good bits. But the most bizarre thing is Mr Cameron said, with this deal, he would now vote for Britain to join the European Union. So let's have a, have a little think about that. If the question in June was, should we join the European Union, we'd have to tell the British people, you must surrender the control and sovereignty of your parliament 
and have 75% of your laws made somewhere else. Your Supreme Court will not be supreme. You will be overruled by a court in Luxembourg made up of people who aren't even judges. You will have to give up your fishing grounds, including in some places 200 miles of the North Sea, and you must cut your links with the Commonwealth and the wider world because you're no longer fit to negotiate your own global trade deals. Oh, and by the way, for all of this, you'll be paying £55 million a day as a membership fee. Would the British people vote for that? Not a snowball's chance in Hades. And all we have to do is recognise that whilst the politicians and the big banks and the big businesses will in this referendum defend their own vested self-interests, it's people power that will win this referendum. And after we've won this referendum, I hope in many other countries in Europe too. Yeah, yeah. The Daily Mail on Tuesday the 2nd of February had the headline, Is that it then, Dave? Quoting one Eurosceptic, the article stated, quote, What the government is asking for from the EU is trivial. These proposals will not take back control from the EU. These gimmicks have been ignored by the EU before and will be ignored again as they will not be in the EU treaty, end quote. Online? The Mail reported on February the 4th that, quote, furious Tory MPs claim the thin gruel has been further watered down as they blast the Prime Minister's draft deal with Brussels, end quote. There certainly has been a lot of negative press about the New Deal. In some parts of the UK, it has gone down like a lead balloon. Not just in the UK, though. It seems that when the draft treaty was revealed to the European leaders themselves, they were not happy with its contents. The BBC reported on February the 4th that, quote, none of David Cameron's fellow EU leaders are happy with his reform proposals as they stand, an EU source has told the BBC, end quote. The Telegraph ran an article on Friday the 5th of February entitled, If the Brits want to leave, let them leave, say EU leaders. The article went on to state, quote, European Parliament President Martin Schultz says in London today, many of my colleagues say behind closed doors, don't stop a rolling stone. If the Brits want to leave, let them leave, end quote. One thing which is very interesting is that whatever happens after the referendum, it seems the UK is not going to form part of a close union with the EU in the future. The BBC reported on February the 4th in an article entitled Cameron's EU Changes, Will They Work in Practice? The following, quote, David Cameron secured a clear legal statement that the UK was not committed to further political integration and that the phrase ever closer union cannot be used to integrate the EU further. But it is not yet clear when or how this will be incorporated into the EU treaties. End quote. Later in the article, the following was stated, quote, Mr Cameron revealed on Wednesday that he is planning to announce a measure that will put the sovereignty of the, we of, of the Westminster Parliament beyond doubt. End quote. 
We therefore watch and see how things might unfold in the coming weeks. But one thing is for sure, Britain's relationship with Europe is set to change. Britain is distancing itself from Europe, exactly as we would expect from Bible prophecy. The subject of Britain in the Bible is not immediately evident. It is our belief, though, that the British power is referred to in Scripture under its ancient name of Tarshish. If someone were to study the characteristics of the biblical Tarshish, then the following conclusions would be made about its characteristics and identity. 1. Its people are descended from Japheth and is an island or coastal power, Genesis 10 verses 4 to 5. 2. It was well known as a maritime power. There are various references that refer to the ships of Tarshish, for example, in 2 Chronicles 9, 21, Psalm 48, verse 7, Isaiah 2, 16, 23, 1, 60, verse 9, and Ezekiel 27, 25. 3. In ancient times, especially around the time of Solomon and Ezekiel, around 900 to 600 BC, it traded in global markets, and particularly traded with India. Read 2 Chronicles 9, verse 20 to 21. 4. It is located to the far west of Israel, as demonstrated in Jonah chapter 1 and verse 3. 5. At the time of Ezekiel, around 600 BC, it was a source of silver, iron, tin and lead, and it traded these with the ancient Phoenicians of Tyre, Ezekiel 27 verse 12. 6. After the Phoenician city of Tyre was to be destroyed, around 300 BC, Tarshish was to replace Tyre as the world's trading power, Isaiah 23, verse 6. 7. It is a colonial power having political offspring, Ezekiel 38, verse 13. And finally, clue number 8. During the latter days, the time when the Jews have returned to their land, post-1948, it would be a trading power operating in the region of Sheba and Dedan, or the Gulf, Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 13. Now, as per previous Bible in the Newses uh, this year, we would suggest that the only power to fit these characteristics is indeed the British power. No other power fits the Tarshish clues. Why it is important to identify Tarshish is that it is a power which appears in many latter-day prophecies. As mentioned in the final clue, it is a power that is present on the world stage when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. We can connect this, for example, again with other prophecies like Isaiah 60 and verse 9. It is a power that appears in the grand events of Ezekiel chapter 38, which is a prophecy of the state of the nations leading up to the return of Jesus Christ to the earth. In the prophecy of Ezekiel 38, we read of European powers labelled using their ancient names of Magog and Gomar. These European powers are confederates along with the Russian territories of Meshech and Tubal, the African territories of Libya and Ethiopia, and the Far Eastern Territory of Iran, or Persia. These Confederate forces are described as an invading army who attack 
the mountains of Israel in the latter days and are headed up by a mysterious character called Gog in verse 1. This force is challenged by Sheba and Dedan, the territories of the modern Gulf states, and the merchants of Tarshish, as we read in verse 13 of Ezekiel chapter 38. And it is during this attack on Israel that God acts on behalf of his people in verses 18 and 19. Now, when this prophecy is aligned with other companion prophecies, such as those in Zechariah 12 and 14, Joel 3, Revelation 16, the Bible reader will realise that this prophecy is nothing more of, but an account of when Jesus Christ will reveal himself to the world. He will save God's people Israel from this invasion and after this re-establish God's kingdom on the earth. What is fascinating though in regards to Tarshish is that this prophecy of Ezekiel 38 tells us that the Tarshish power does not align itself with Europe but rather with the territories of the Gulf. This is why as believers in the Bible we expect Britain to be quite separate from Europe in regards to its military, trading and political power. Therefore, everything that is happening in the news at the moment in regards to Britain's relationship with the EU is a sure sign of the times. The nations are aligning slowly but surely into the picture that God has already painted long ago through the pen of his prophets. We know not exactly if and when Britain will leave the EU, but one thing is for sure. Whatever happens, the brakes have been clamped on Britain moving into closer ties with Europe. And as the European project screams on towards the United Nations of Europe and the union it is destined to form with Russia as foretold by the Bible, Britain, it seems, will not be part of the binding of these nations in the future. It is set to stand aside and carve its own trade policies. And this is exactly what we would expect from Bible prophecy. We might ask ourselves why it is that God has left on record how the nations might be positioned before his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, returns. We believe the answer is to encourage those who love and study his word. As we see these amazing things come to pass before our eyes, we cannot help but be motivated to hold fast to the gospel truth and to strive to overcome the temptations of sin and follow the example of Jesus Christ. That gospel, which consists of the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, Acts 8 verse 12. That precious gospel which says the apostle Paul through inspiration is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth Romans 1 verse 16 how we indeed long for the time we have been told to pray for by Jesus himself when he taught us in the Lord's prayer thy kingdom come thy will be done as it is in heaven so in earth Luke 11 verse 2. That time is not far away, as the great movements in world politics clearly show.
So as we await the return of the master, we hope you will join us again next week for another Bible in the News.